Hello and welcome to the Fitter Podcast, the show that demystifies fitness and separates science fiction from science facts. This is the fifth episode of season two. Our theme this season is Lose Fat, Get Fitter. And with me, as always, is the founder of Fitter and the author of Lose Fat, Get Fitter, Jaitendra Chokse, aka JC. Hi, JD. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Okay, now before we start the episode, I just wanted to say congratulations. Your book, Lose Fat, Get Fitter, was released a couple of days back on July 9, and it's a runaway success. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, I, I just want to thank the entire Fitter community, everybody uh, who has been supporting me right from the beginning. And it means a lot. I mean, we had uh, such an amazing pre-order sales itself that you know we absolutely yeah yeah we charted uh, the bestseller uh, charts on Amazon, and uh, it's not even released, right? It wasn't even released, and now that the book has released, I'm, I'm just it's an overwhelming feeling, you know. It's I'm I'm just overwhelmed by the love and support that the community has bestowed on me. So thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. And it's a great book. I got my own copy, you know, uh, on the day of the launch, and it's looking amazing. Thank you so much, man. So now, since the theme of the book is the simple science of becoming healthy for life, I thought, why not have a discussion on that very simple science which you've spoken about, which you've called quantified nutrition. Now, a lot of people have this notion that fitness is difficult, and by that they mean that dieting is hard. And when you mention the word science, I think people kind of tune out anyways because. in their minds that's just way too tough for the average person to follow um uh, actually which is why which uh, why why so many of them fall for uh, these fitness myths and follow fad diets right. you know exactly exactly so let me just uh, read out a small section from your book uh this is the portion where uh, you've written about the difference between fitness myths and fitness science so here goes science relies on research and using testable explanations but these fitness myths are a whole lot of half truths and random tips that are continuously peddled without anything to back up the claims being made science asks questions and helps you gain clarity about the matters that impact you fitness myths want to mislead you so that you fall prey to some scheme or cure or must have solution that leaves you more destitute in both health and wealth science is like the friend who wants to help you fitness myths are like the thugs who accost you in a dark alley sucker punch you and run away with your money and dignity end quote so wow i mean fitness myths are the thugs that accost you in a dark alley that really paints a picture <laughs> see see here's the thing you know fitness uh, puts off a lot of people primarily because they don't know what works and they keep looking for quick fixes right and we are people who fee- feel proud when we call ourselves foodies You know, and so when people want to get fit, they think that they need to go out and diet. And the word "diet" itself, it sounds like a it sounds like a death sentence. To be honest, mm. you know, in their mind, they believe that going on a diet means eating boiled food, bland food, salad, raw food, skipping meals, uh, you know, not eating rice and sugar and whatnot. It's all about elimination and restriction. But in reality, if you think about it, eating healthy is not difficult at all. Mm. The underlying understanding. and this whole separation that's been created between what's healthy and what's not healthy further adds on to this confusion 
when in reality we know that there is no such thing called as healthy and unhealthy hmm. uh, moderation is the key there are no good and bad foods there are no good and bad foods it's the quantity eventually which determines if the food is good for you or if the food is not good for you right right so i i remember reading this quote the other day the toughest part about dieting is not watching what you eat it's watching what other people eat and that is exactly the kind of you know uh, elimination and restriction mindset that you were speaking about that sums it up you know th- this hatred for the word diet and why so many experts say that you shouldn't diet like this is is this you know they play into people's emotions and frankly this fear of this is their fear of dieting you know that's that that's what they are playing into mm. and you will not find many people who can say you know i've never gone on a diet anyone who's ever wanted to get fit has tried some diet or the other and guess what they didn't work but is this something new this high failure rate with diets or is there like a history to that as well look people have been worried about their health and how they look for ages you know today in the us people spend almost 61 billion dollar on diet products wow but that did not happen overnight in fact if we travel back in time we've seen that ancient greeks and romans were early into fitness you know that greek god and everything hmm. and hippocrates who who's often called the father of modern medicine he said something that in today's age a lot of people instantly reject He said, "Fat people suffer from unhealthy sleeping habits, aches and pains, flatulence and constipation." And his recommendation was simple: follow a strict diet, increase your exercise, and vomit. Vomit, okay. Okay, I'm glad the vomit part isn't taught to us anymore. <laughs> true, true. But look at the other advice: follow a strict diet and increase your exercise. Hmm. Now I'm certain that he said follow a strict diet. He didn't mean stop eating white-colored foods like rice and flour. You know. Uh, if you really want to understand that let's let's look at the word itself diet actually comes from the greek word dietia which essentially means a holistic way of living uh it focuses on self control and eating in moderation so when when people see diet in today's world they see diet right uh, but in reality it's 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 derived from a greek word dietia dieta yeah it's like, it's like what you were saying in a nutshell portion control watch what you eat exactly and uh, i think what they meant was eat only so much food as your body requires today restaurants and an entire food industry thrives on making the food more and more palatable because palatability uh tricks your brain into eating more right, right. it it's it sort of like becomes an addiction once you once you once you start uh, getting that high on food hmm. down under if you are feeling low you turn to food and it makes you feel good and what happens is you you are hooked right and now you are not eating for your stomach you are not eating for survival you are now eating for pleasure hmm. that's when things go wrong so when did this whole notion of restrictive eating and starving yourself as a way to lose weight when did that begin that's a very interesting story uh, by the way uh, you know william the conqueror he was the first normal king of uh, england norman king the problem was that over the years <clears throat> he had become very fat in fact they say that he was so big that he couldn't even get on his horse hmm. So he started following this very special diet, which was probably the world's first documented fat diet, you can say. And this was in the year 1066 AD. Hmm. He started a liquid diet. So liquid, as in, do you mean like water and soup, pizza, and all that? <laughs> no, man. He's William the Bloody Conqueror, right? So his diet was basically all alcohol. Really? And that helped him get back on the horse. I mean, you're saying that? Ah. <laughs> uh, Probably didn't help him stay on the horse, but uh, apparently he started falling off the horse, and then he used to pretend that he is kissing the ground because he loved his land so much. 
that that's really some quick thinking there yeah and from this point on we start seeing that western world becomes obsessed with dieting and losing weight hmm. and i'm not saying that william was their inspiration there were a lot of other factors people started realizing that their quality of life uh, had started deteriorating and uh, that they needed to do something to stay fit here's something else uh, which is actually even more interesting you know speaking of um, writing best selling books in italy there was a diet book which sort of became a best seller it was called the art of living long and uh, it was written in 1558 and you won't believe me that book is still in print mm. so there was this really fat italian name um italian guy named uh, luigi cornaro and he was around 40 years old when he had this realization that look hey i look really fat and i should probably do something about it Uh, but the real reason was that he wasn't able to do sex oh, isn't that always the reason i mean this was before the invention <laughs> of little blue pills so yeah how 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 old are you was i am 42 and i am very fulfilled <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure you are so anyways uh, this guy needed to get some action and so he decided to find ways to lose weight mm. so he basically took a page from william the conqueror's diet plan and started drinking um, around 14 ounces of wine a day and that's almost 400 ml plus he also cut on his uh, food intake to about 12 ounces a day or about 350 gram so 400 ml of wine 350 grams of food i mean yeah cut down I'm almost afraid to ask what happened next well naturally he lost a lot of weight because you know he was cutting down on the food quantity and eventually calories in fact he even had a very long life he died when he was almost 100 years old oh wow so maybe i should start this diet too you know same age he he also started eating egg yolks mm. and that's all he ate towards the end of his life acha nahi nahi pretty theek local method with the yeah so see you need to listen to everything very carefully yes hmm. so now let's take a leap forward into the modern era because this is fine but call, but you know in these days on instagram social media wherever we keep hearing about the low carb diets and keto which is kind of in decline now but there are still a lot of people who swear by keto so how did these uh, modern fad diets or you know how did they begin so uh, again you know keto is not really a fad uh, like it's a, it's a, it's a diet but we will we'll get to that uh, see the first low carb diet was uh, was in circulation around 1820s and it was argued that being fat is not a disease but it's something simply something that a lot of people are inclined towards and around this time fashion had also become very important so we started seeing some uh, form fitting clothes and people were constantly looking for ways to you know fit into them and be part of the crowd so they were willing to try anything and lord byron was considered one of the sexiest and most fashionable men of his time and when people found out that he was on apple cider vinegar diet everybody wanted to try it yeah yeah we still do that today i mean drink a teaspoon of apple cider vinegar with the mother in warm water and that's supposed to help yeah, i mean uh, we know how the science is around that so the low carb movement started in around 1825 and people were advised to stop eating sugary starchy food instead they were told to eat fruits vegetables and lean meats hmm. but here's the thing you know the low carb and low fat have kept coming in and out of fashion and people would follow this advice for some time then they would start eating fats again then after a few years it was back to eating low fat it's a constant cycle mm-hmm. in your book you now lose fat get fitter i was reading this you've written about this guy named ansel keys who kind of played a very important role in all of this in the 20th century right so ansel keys by the way he was a very very renowned uh, uh, physicist and uh, in 1961 
he carried out something that we now know as the seven country study and he was featured on the cover of time magazine also mm-hmm. according to his results there was a direct link between consuming dietary fat and the prevalence of coronary heart disease and so he recommended two things first uh the quantity of carbohydrates in the american diet should be increased to 70% of uh, your total dietary calories mm-hmm. and secondly meat consumption should be reduced and now this created a whole new market for uh, you know breakfast cereals and no, low fat butters and all that but now it's like you know fat has made a comeback again you see people pouring coconut oil and butter into their coffee the whole bulletproof coffee phenomenon and then everyone from america to india and beyond is eating avocados and suddenly now rice and grains have once again become the villains well, that's that's what i said i said it's a cyclical phenomena right. you know most people don't understand uh, that just about anyone can stand up today and claim that they have found the secret to weight loss and fat loss and looking good hmm. and but when you look under the hood you realize that all these diets follow the same principle remove food x and replace it with food y and it's always vested interest you know every time these things happen they are followed by some sort of genius marketing guys who start with low carb foods low carb supplements mm. high fat food high fat fat supplements which is exactly what you're talking about so you're talking about avocados why did avocado become famous because of the ketogenic diet correct because it's high fat right so yeah so it's just become this juggernaut of bullshit man mm. so i think you know that's why our listeners are here because your book is like the key to demystifying fitness and the key that you speak about in the book is quantified nutrition and we know that fitter has already helped more than 2 lakh people transform with the help of quantified nutrition but i want to ask you what exactly is quantified nutrition is it a proper diet how does it work how is it different from all these other diets that we speak about no so quantified nutrition is an a diet let's look at the term quantified nutrition itself so mm-hmm. quantified essentially means anything that can be measured or quantified right and nutrition means something that provide nutrients or nourishment for your body so the meaning actually is very simple quantified nutrition simply means that measuring food and eating them in the right proportions so that your body stays in optimum health okay yeah so that's the definition but let's go a little deeper when we say nutrition what is it exactly that our body requires what do we consider nutrients or nutrition or nourishment for the body right so in general all the food that we eat in the world be it your burger pizza pasta uh, roti sabzi idli dosa whatever if you break it down it can be re- broken down into its uh, constituents which are primarily fats carbohydrates protein water alcohol fiber right mm. so these are the primary macronutrients mm. right and there are certain micronutrients micronutrients are simply nutrients like vitamins and minerals which exist in smaller quantity so they are called micronutrients now just like a car runs on petrol or diesel or hybrid or electricity our body also requires a source of fuel it requires a fuel and this fuel is what drives us and we derive this fuel from food you restrict your food intake for a couple of days and you will start feeling low right. so that basically validates the belief that we also need some sort of energy source now specifically when we eat food what happens food in itself is not fuel food is a fuel source mm-hmm. so what happens we chew we masticate the food goes inside a goes inside a body and it gets converted into 
further uh, you know fats get uh, converted into fatty acids the protein gets converted into amino acids the carbo- carbohydrates get converted into glycogen and then these fuels are further stored in your body in different places hmm. and based on how the body is functioning based on your body's caloric requirements these fuels get utilized the protein for instance gets used up in uh, building your muscles building up tissues helping you grow Uh, carbohydrates and fats primarily get utilized as fuel for uh, your aerobic and anaerobic functioning of your body right so that's how these fuels get utilized and just like how you have a tank in the car which can store your fuel for later use your body can use or store the fuel for later use and that's why when you are not using the food that you are eating it gets stored in the form of fat mm. now in an ideal scenario your body should not be storing a lot of fat but now people are not moving as much as they are supposed to and they are eating more than what they are supposed to so what's happening is a lot of food uh, goes in your body unused as a result it gets stored as fat and that's why people get fat so in a nutshell if you consume more calories than you're burning you're going to gain weight exactly it's a, it's a very simple science you eat more than your body requires you will get fat you eat less than what your body requires you will lose fat it's very simple it works perfectly in line with the universal laws it's a simple law of thermodynamics energy gets converted into one form energy converts from one form to another it's neither created nor destroyed so when you eat the food that's one form of energy it converts into further smaller fuel sources which then further gets converted into atp which then further drives your metabolism and then at the end of the metabolic cycle you either use that energy in the form of heat or metabolic waste which again then get excreted from your body right so it's it's perfectly in line with the uh, universal laws of thermodynamics and it works we have 200000 plus people who has who applied the simple science to get fit and the best part is you don't have to restrict any food you don't have to restrict uh, uh, yourself to you know only fats or on, only carbs you can literally eat anything and everything mm-hmm. the approach is simple you measure what you're eating and there's 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 uh, there's choices which you can make like for instance if you are eating highly palatable food there's a good chance that you will not stop uh, eating that food once you have taken a bite of that for example donuts hmm. although you can eat donuts in your diet but it's not a it's not a smart choice because donuts first they are very calorie dense second they are extremely palatable so the idea is instead of donuts you can eat rice which is slightly more filling mm. and it's not highly palatable even better potatoes you know so in a in a in a similar amount of i know i i knew you were going to say potatoes i know how much you <laughs> like potatoes the idea is it's it's not about starving yourself it's not about restricting your food it's all about getting smart about the kind of food that you're eating mm. and measuring the food And that's what quantified nutrition is so especially if someone listening to this episode is following a certain diet you know let's say you're vegan or you know uh, i don't know pescetarian or whatever you can continue following that diet but you just need to make sure that you're counting your measuring your food quantifying your food uh it's it's actually funny that people follow these diets and then they get results and then they then they claim that it is this diet which has made them lose weight mm-hmm. what they don't realize is that knowingly or unknowingly they are somehow cutting down their calories right you know even the portion control which lot of dietitians recommend all eat five 
meals per day, six meals, eight meals, and smaller meals per day. Mm-hmm. In essence, what is that doing? It's basically restricting your food quantity. Mm-hmm. Okay, now there are a few myths that I've also heard about quantified nutrition, which I kind of wanted to run by you. One is that quantified nutrition is very difficult to do. It's not something that you can, you know, sustain for a long period of time. What's your take on that? Look, anything that's uh, that's that's how do you say it? that's not in fashion. You know, people people always make up these things like it's not sustainable, uh, but it's like hard work. A lot of people say hard work is not sustainable. But hard work is the only way you ever get anything in your life that you desire. Anything which is not a shortcut is going to feel like it's difficult for people who are uninitiated. Mm. The key is to don't uh, stop, you know, keep pursuing it, even schools. But I think what people are actually thinking is, you know, they uh, hear quantified nutrition that they have to measure food. And they just can't wrap their head around it. Will I be able to get up every single day for the rest of my life and follow something like this? Where I have to measure every single thing. Everybody measures everything. You know, people measure all the time. They are just not aware that they are measuring. And they're using bad measures. For example, when you put uh, salt in your, um, you know, salt in your gravy, or when you take out flour for making chapati, you you are using some sort of, random measurement you are using a katori Hmm. or probably using your hand but you are measuring Mm -hmm. the only problem is that in the in in a world where we have much more standardized units of measurement you're using outdated metrics Hmm. so when you are in your kitchen and you're measuring things using a katori or your heart or the palm Hmm. you're still measuring it but you are using outdated measurement and it's not it's not the right way to measure something you already have a standard metric system, which is much more accurate. Hmm. So all we are saying is not start something new. All we are saying is that you are using outdated measurements. Just switch from that outdated measurement to a new measurement. Right. So let's say I am a newbie. I want to start quantified nutrition today. What are the, let's say, two, three things that you will tell me to start doing and start the changes and you will start making in my life starting today? Buy a weighing scale. Hmm. A weighing scale is just like a calculator. Measure everything raw. Kitchen weighing scale, the smaller kitchen weighing scale, mm-hmm. and and it's it's similar to the normal weighing scale on which you measure your weight. Albeit, it's just a little smaller, and it's very cheap. It's not very expensive. Also, it's very cheap. All you have to do is uh, put the food that you are cooking on it, and you measure the food raw. Raw and yeah, okay. It's a good idea to measure the food raw because after cooking, there's a lot of things that goes into the food which can change the calories drastically, mm-hmm. right? So if, for instance, if you're cooking dal, if you measure the dal raw, the calories would be roughly 450 or something. But if you cook the dal after putting ghee or tadka or, uh, you know, uh, vegetables or 50 different spices, uh, the calories will be slightly more different. Plus it will also have water in it, right? right? So the same quantity of dal before cooking will have different calories versus after cooking. And the and the, and the worst part is that different people cook in different ways so the cooked dal from your household will have different calories compared to a cooked dal uh, from a baba kadhaba right 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 because the amount of ghee that you put amount of ghee that he will put will be extremely different hmm. so point being always measure raw and once you have measured the food items raw you calculate their calories calculate your own total caloric requirements you find out what is your total daily energy expenditure cut down calories and start eating that and make sure that there is sufficient amount of protein. Okay. And protein also should be measured raw. Everything should be measured raw. 
everything should be measured wrong okay one other thing is you know a lot of people especially those who live in families have this problem okay i am on a diet i decide to follow quantified nutrition but my family isn't interested in doing that god bless them but now i have to do i have to cook for everyone like separately and then cook for me separately or is there a way to kind of cook for everyone at the same time because we don't have that luxury of time and still follow quantified nutrition sure look over a period of time what happens is uh, initially the measurements are a little tricky but over a period of time you get used to it for example let's say first time uh, when you are measuring uh, uh, your your food raw hmm. and uh, you measure let's say 100 grams of rice now if your if you, if your family was using a different tool of measurement it would be very easy for you now to check ki okay 100 gram of rice fits this much into a bowl mm-hmm. so over a period of time you get good at guesstimation mm-hmm. you know so you can you can guess and estimate how much of this rice is there right so what you can do is you can measure everything raw and then uh, calculate the ratio once everything is cooked and then ratio wise you can split for example let's say your family eats about uh, 400 grams of rice in a in a six people household or a or a four people household mm-hmm. if your family eats 400 grams of raw rice what you do is you measure the raw rice and give it to whoever is cooking in your family if you are cooking you can cook it in the family and then you know that okay 100 grams is 1/4 of the total mm-hmm. so from the cooked food you can take out 1/4 of that okay got it it's just a matter of getting used to it is just a matter of getting used to of it great great so jc i think you know we've spoken about quantified nutrition and why it works some parting thoughts on nutrition quantified nutrition on becoming healthy you know how is it that someone can start today i think uh, first people have to understand the logic first people have to understand the rationale behind uh, quantified nutrition they have to understand that just because it's simple does not mean that it does not work in fact it is the only thing that works hmm. and simplicity is actually a virtue you know e equals to mc square how simple could it be but this is the thing which is uh, which is uh, uh, which is leading the way towards building almost everything that people uh, thought unfathomable a couple of decades back you know mm-hmm. every big thing is, is is built around the same basic principles same basic principles of physics and chemistry so simplicity is a virtue it's not something bad so quantified nutrition is simple sometimes it's too simple for people to wrap their heads around and i have heard people saying it can't be that easy mm. you know when i say hey eat less move more or eat right move more they said it can't be that simple the fact is it is you know so understand second thing is don't think of diet as as a as a one time affair at the end of the day understand that your body requires fuel right right because at the end of the day the food is going inside your stomach and it's converting into fuel and the excess fuel is getting stored as fat so understand that food is fuel and you are providing fuel to your body so the idea of diet should not be a one time affair it should be an opportunity for you to relook at all the lifestyle choices your entire lifestyle choices your relationship with food hmm. it's not starving yourself but it's making sensible logical choices every single day right and as you say in the book it is the simple science of becoming healthy for life it's a simple science yes and don't don't be healthy and unhealthy and then healthy don't get in get caught in this vicious cycle because like i tell everybody if all you are thinking about is losing weight 
there's a good chance you won't because you are missing out on the big picture the big picture should be beyond health health is basic hygiene i'm not thinking about taking a shower or brushing my teeth whole day that's like basic requirement mm-hmm. you know so there's much more to life than just my weight and my my uh, uh, you know uh, relationship with food we have to rise above these things and the only way we can rise above these things is when we stop letting these things bother us and these things will only stop bothering us if we understand these things and adopt good healthy habits and i think that's exactly what our listeners are going to be doing from today yes hopefully and this is exactly what you have to do you have to incorporate food you have to incorporate these things as a part of your lifestyle where you don't feel deprived where you don't feel uh, starved where you are not feeling low on energy but at the same time you are not involving yourself in a junk fest you are not indulging in excess that's where the problem happens and when you stop doing that you will see life for what it is it is much more than uh, food and health and fitness it's much more than that so it's basic hygiene needs to be first step for that is to get the basics right and this is what quantified nutrition does exactly yep yep i think that's some food for thought for all our listeners jc as always it's been great talking to you thanks a lot jerry and thank you for listening in guys uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of the fitter podcast mm-hmm.